Houston, relax. I'm here to tell you guys that it's going to be all right. I know things seem like they're falling apart with the Houston Texans. We're wondering what the hell is Bill O'Brien doing? What is he thinking? What is his thought process? He's giving away one of the best receivers in the game. And DeAndre Hopkins, he's taking away a potent weapon away from Deshaun Watson. He's kind of stunting his growth. And you may have felt like that before he even traded DeAndre Hopkins. You kind of felt like he was stunning Deshaun Watson grow with the lack of uh, protection, the lack of scheme, you know, the lack of scheme around his talent, the lack of uh, skill set players around his talent. But I'm here to tell you that it's going to be OK. Just keep it here. Stay tuned. And your boy, Nate, is going to tell you why the Houston Texans will be better in 2020. Welcome to All Things Sports. I'm your host, Nate Joseph. Texans moving and shaking, moving and shaking, baby, making big moves. They traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins a few weeks back in uh, the start of free agency. Been kind of quiet ever since. Um, Going to touch base on a few things. I know you guys are probably looking at me and, and waiting for me to explain why I believe the Houston Texans will be better. Well, let's take a look at um, like just progression, just natural growth from players. I mean, what you expect on a, uh, I mean, you draft the young players year in and year out, right? We're all talking about, well, they needed that first. They should have got a first. They should have got the eighth pick. Well, what is that? That's still just potential. That ain't proven production. And yeah, I agree with keeping proven talent like a DeAndre Hopkins instead of now turning around and trying to draft the receiver in the draft and you're not knowing what you get. But I'm, let, me, let me just go back to, let me piggyback on what I was saying, though. You, you have a draft every year. The Houston Texans have pretty much, for the most part, outside of this year and next year, and even this year with the trade of Hopkins, they still, now they have two twos. So that's kind of equivalent to a one to me when you have two twos, especially as close as they are to right out, being right outside the first round. I mean, it's 32 picks in the first round. You had a 48 pick, so you're just eight. You're just eight picks into the second round, and then you had a 57. So you can get really two real good caliber players there i mean you can get to you can get a if you scout right and draft right you can hit a home run in this draft but of course uh that remains to be seen but going back to my point a draft pick is nothing but potential and let's take a look at why i think the texans will be better because they have a lot of these guys already on their team Let's take a look at some of the Texans' weaknesses. What would you consider a weakness? Obviously, receiver now with the loss of uh, with the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, you're left with only Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, and Kiki Kuti, and of course, you know DeAndre Carter, which I really don't. You know, he's more of like a special teams guy, and you know, if somebody's hurt, he'll fill in. Which more than likely, at this point in time, right about now. With your best receiver being Will Fuller, you kind of expect DeAndre Carter to play because Will Fuller hasn't shown any ability to play a full 16 games in a year yet. Now, I believe he will because, it's, I mean, of course, it's contract year, right? Guys always manage to find a way to stay healthy and have their best years. That's normally how it happened, putting a, putting, putting a team in a predicament to where they now they have to Ah, now they're kind of like, hey, do we want to pay? Or, you know, he's been here four or five years. He's only been healthy one year, but he's had this big monster year. He was so great with he had the chemistry with the quarterback. Kind of, you know, it seems like that's kind of how it always plays out. But 
if Will Fuller wasn't so injury prone, I would actually like the receiving core because I feel like you have a lot of speed. You have a lot of guys that fit Deshaun Watson's skill set. You know, a guy who can, who's a real good, I'll say, vertical passer, a guy who has pretty good accuracy. He's improved on that every single year. That was one of his, uh, that was one of the knocks on him coming out. Like deep ball accuracy was questionable. Um, accuracy, period, decision making. And I know last year he kind of regressed a little bit as far as the interceptions go. He had 12 as opposed to nine the previous year. Well, nine last year and seven the year before. He kind of regressed in that area. I thought he made some 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 terrible throws, you know, where he didn't really read the defense well. Um, but his accuracy, though, I mean, when he when he has a receiver open, or I mean, he can thread the needle with the best of them. Outside of, like, Patrick Mahomes, or Deshaun Watson can throw the ball pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty talented when it comes to like threading the needle and and just putting the right touch on balls like that. Throw to Kenny Stills in the end zone against uh, the Colts. Well, I'm sorry, the Patriots. That was he had the the one the previous one on second down where he threw it to Will Fuller who just dropped it. Yeah, that's another problem, with Will Fuller. You know, even if he stay healthy, he's gonna have a, a monster. You're gonna be productive, but he will drop some too. Let's not forget that. Um. But he had the one where all he had to do was catch and he's in the end zone. And then right on the next play, he hits Kenny Stills on the same play in the corner of the end zone. That one was a little more harder because Kenny Stills was like in the back of the end zone. And he just and he was well covered and he just placed that ball right over the outstretched hands of the DB right into Kenny Stills uh, chest. And I mean, it was a thing of beauty. And he's made a lot of throws like that over the past few years. So he's definitely improved his accuracy and the touch on his uh, throws. And he throws now with a little better, you know, anticipation. That's why I feel like these guys with the speed and if you go to like a spread offense, fit better with his skill set. You play more tempo, you get the ball out quick, go deep more, vertical more. And uh, I think that's really what the type of offense Deshaun Watson need to be playing in instead of a grind it out, pound it out. 10 yards to Hopkins, try to run, 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 then, you know, another seven, eight hard-fought yards to, you know, Hopkins up the middle. I think they really need to kind of spread it out, play a little faster, play a little more, let him, you know, just let him just playmake. He's a playmaker. When I think about Deshaun Watson, I think of a playmaker. Yeah, he's a guy who's who can play the position at a high level. He can read a defense. You know, he can uh, read a blitz, and uh, he, he can play call, but just let him be free. Let him be free back there. Let him just play make. I think of him more than anything uh, as a playmaker, if anything. Um, not just a, just a traditional, you know, statue quarterback who's going to go through his progressions. Like I said, he can do that, but he also can – He's also just an incredible playmaker. He's going to roll out. He's And then the thing I like about Deshaun running, he's not really running to pick up a first. Like, he'll pick up the first down, don't get me wrong, but he's he's kind of rolling out trying to, you know, he's keeping his eyes down the field, trying to hit a big play or just trying to wait till somebody get open. Um, but going back to my point, I would say receiver is probably the weakest link on this team as of right now. Um, you definitely need to draft. And, and hey, what a what a draft to have a weak link because this is one of the defense drafts, you know, in for receiver in a long, long time. Uh, you look at the draft, there's a lot of guys I think will be there. And I like at 40, uh, it'd be crazy to go get T Higgins, another Clemson guy, uh, who pretty much, you know, broke all Deshaun, uh, uh Deandre Hopkins records in college, um, receiving yards, catches, touchdowns, I mean, the guy's six foot four, two twenty. So, proto prototypical big receiver. He ran a four four. 
Uh, he would be a monster target, I think, for Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not saying he's going to come in and, and give you uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, production, but he's a guy I think that can come in and over time um, be very productive for you. You look at uh, rookies last year, Antonio, uh, well, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown for the Tennessee Titans. He had a monster year. He's a guy I think had like 57 or 60 catches. You know, uh, uh, D.K. Metcalf for Seattle. He was the guy that was picked later in the draft, like fourth round. He had 58 catches, 900 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, so guys, receivers, that's a position where rookies come in and they have an impact. Same with running back. So I don't I think the Texans will be all right at the receiver position. Then you have a guy who who's going to be productive, who's young, who you'll have under team control for another four to five years. So that money can be allocated in other places, you know, to Deshaun Watson, to, you know, uh, your offensive line and, and making the team better, you know, over the next five years, as opposed to what they wanted to do, you know, with Hopkins. They didn't want to give him that, you know, they didn't want to, you know, uh, up his pay for another three more years and, and maybe kind of, you know, throwing off the money, you know, in the future. Uh, and Dennis, I mean, it's other guy, Denzel Mims, Baylor, another guy, 6'3", uh, like 215. Another guy ran a 4'4", he's fast, he's athletic. Um, route running can be a little bit better. He pushes off a lot, but um, just fast and has the height and the speed that you're looking for. Um, I see the Texans being linked to this guy a lot, Jalen Rager, uh, TCU. Not the biggest fan of him. I would much rather have the other two guys as opposed to him. He's a little on the, he's a little more kind of what they have already, like a Kenny Steele's, a, a Randall Cobb, a, you know, a key. I mean, he's what five eleven, five eleven, two hundred pounds, ran a four four. Now he's a playmaker when you look at him on the field. A lot of bubble screens, and you just see him take it to the house and just make a you know make a few people miss. Like he's very shifty and uh, he's great after the catch. I will say, and that's kind of something they need too. They do need a playmaker, somebody who could turn a a ten yard pass and take it to the house. You know, somebody who could make somebody miss in open space and and go to distance, be a matchup nightmare out there. And they don't really have enough of that. Um, so I like them in that extent, but I think they need a big physical receiver. And, you know, in this draft, I think they need to get one. If not, then, hey, if if Rager's your guy, get him. But then go get that guy like late in the draft. Now, it'll be guys like you can get like in the fourth and fifth round. Antonio uh, Gandy-Golden is another guy like went to a small school, was kind of hurt. But it's a beast when he plays. He's six foot four, 230. Uh, a lot of scouts comparing him to A.J. Green. I mean, the guy's a freak of nature. I mean, I kind of, I mean, if you look at DK Metcalf, he won the fourth round last year, and he was six foot four, two thirty. He won the combine. He was a workout warrior. Bench pressed a ton, ran a four four, and he went in the fourth round. And every, and it was kind of crazy because everybody knew, like, man, this guy's gonna be a beast. But he still went fourth round, and he produced in the rookie his rookie season. He had fifty eight catches, nine hundred yards, and seven touchdowns right out the gate. And that's what I think this guy can do. I think he can have similar production. I mean, you, it, no scouts really say anything bad about him, except for the fact that he went to a small school and he got hurt his senior year. But outside of that, the dude is six foot four. He two thirty. He ran a four four. You watch the tape. He just big boy. He big boy cornerbacks. I mean, he's jumping all over these guys. He's boxing them out. He's just bullying them out there, and he just looks like he's too good for 
anybody in that secondary, and he's going to be a matchup problem in the NFL. He's a guy I definitely would take a chance on. If you want to get you a more speedier receiver, which I get because you can kind of expect Will Fuller to get hurt. If you want to keep you know uh, that same vertical offense, whatever you run, when you have Fuller out there and you want that that guy who's backing him up to kind of have that, you know, bring that same dimension, if not more, then yeah, okay, get you a Rager. Get you a KJ Hamler. But don't sleep. Uh, but but later on in the draft, get you another guy. Because guess what? Will Fuller, he's a free agent. You might want to go ahead and start looking at his replacement in a draft that's deep for receivers like this one is. Especially when come next year, you're not going to have a one or a two because of the tonsil trade. This year, it's only a one. Next year, it'll be a one and a two. So you might want to go ahead and fill that need right now in this draft. You know, while this draft is strong with receivers, get you one early, get you one late. Go on and get you two. You can groom and go on and step right in and be um, and, and, and grow with Deshaun Watson. Now, I expect the offensive line, looking at the offensive line, what's another weakness? We're talking about weaknesses. Offensive line to me is the strong point of this team. I feel like when they're when they were healthy last year, it was like a three game stretch where they got in a groove. The first three was rough and then the last three. Um, been talking about the beginning of the season. They started getting in a groove. They started looking a lot better. And then after that, Titus Howard got hurt for the rest of the season. But when he was on that, he was on that right side and Tunsil was on that left side and you had Sharp and Fulton and Nick Martin, the line was real good. And outside of Fulton, these guys are all young. They just need time together, a whole offseason together, chemistry, build up that chemistry and that rapport. And this is going to be a young, talented offensive line. Now, yeah, they can continue to draft for depth and sign guys for depth. But as far as um, as far as as far as the starting lineup, man, I like what they have right now. I like I, I love Tunsil. The deal will get done, Houston. Don't even worry about it. Bill O'Brien is not going to make himself look bad twice by turning around and, and not being able to sign Tunsil. He will pay Tunsil. Tunsil and Titus Howard and Max Sharpen, I'm loving them three. I love that combination. I think them guys are going to be three studs in the future. I think Houston really got three. They got really got three studs. And then you got two serviceable guys, two guys that's, you know, just just pro, professional guys, um, not super outstanding or, or great, but, you know, solid. You know, and Nick Martin and Zach Fulton. And uh, like I said, Zach Fulton, he's a guy who, you know, you probably can upgrade over. But if you don't, I mean, you're not going to, you know, he's not going to, it's not going to be terrible out there for you. Um, he's serviceable. Uh, so the offensive line, I think, would be great. And then when you have a good offensive line, you look at a guy like David Johnson. And here's the big misconception about David Johnson. He's been very unproductive the past two years, but he hasn't been hurt. He's just kind of been in the doghouse. He lost his job to Kenyon Drake. He fell out of favor with a new coach. Now, let's remember, they just brought in King uh, Cliff Kingsbury. So he wasn't there in previous years. And for whatever reason, I mean, maybe they want to go with a more aerial attack with uh, Kyler Murray and, and, you know, more of a, a gimmicky offense using his uh, running ability and throwing ability. And maybe that kind of took away from David Johnson's game a little bit. And he wants to go a different direction with more, you know, um, Maybe that what it that's what it was, but he actually played. He actually was healthy for all sixteen games last year, and the year before last year, he ran for nine hundred and thirty eight yards. Now that's not overly impressive, like nine hundred and thirty eight yards, but that's solid. And he played fifteen games last year, so if he played that one more game, possibly he would have been sitting there with another thousand yard season. Now 
17 this year, he missed the whole season where he played that one game and got hurt. 16 was the monster year, the MVP caliber year, the 1,300 yards, the 80 receptions, you know, the 18 touchdowns. And then the the next year he got hurt. He played that one game, got hurt, missed all the season. The following year, which was 20, um, what was that? Uh, 2018. 2018. He played 15 games and ran for 900, 930 something yards. And was solid. And he had 50 receptions on top of this is a guy who's a big body. He's faster than what he looks like on tape. He ran a 4-4. Um, and this is a guy that's 6'1", 230. And he's an excellent pass catcher. I mean, on film, he's a better pass catcher than Duke Johnson. That's what kind of Duke Johnson's kind of known for. He looks a little more fluid in his route running. Like he could be a big receiver. Like he go 30, 40 yards down the field with ease. He'll put a move on, beat you at the line of scrimmage, and then, you know, cut back inside and catch the ball with no problems. You can catch the ball away from his body. That's how you know you have good hands, when you can catch the ball away from your body. And um, I think that's going to be important. I think that's going to be a big, big skill that he's going to bring to this team, the fact that he can run, but also he can get out there and catch the ball too. You can line him up all over the line, and he'll go out there and make some plays. So um, I don't dislike the trade for David Johnson. I hate the fact that they, you know, threw Nuke in there. Uh, but even then, I, I'm still not mad about that. I just thought Bill O'Brien should maybe have came away with Patrick Peterson or the eight pick in the draft. But you know, hey, that's just me. Um, but I don't, I don't dislike David Johnson, the player, and I think fans need to really kind of understand that this guy had nothing to do with that. So the bashing of David Johnson, let's just stop. He's on our team now. Let's ride with him. It's not him. It's O'Brien who made the boneheaded trade. Now, if you could have told me David Johnson would have got cut. And um, David Johnson would have got cut and we just signed him, you know, for nothing. Just, you know, a couple, you know, several million. I would have been, man, I would have been stoked about it because I, I've always been a big fan of David Johnson. When he was in his prime, I, I mean, I would argue with you. He was the best uh, running back in the game because, I mean, that jump cut he has is freaking nasty. You guys going to see it and y'all going to love it. He has a mean, nasty jump cut. And then his running style is almost like Arian Foster. It's almost like poetry in motion. He's very smooth out there to be a big running back. And you know he could do he can do some he could do some real skillful things that you know most small running backs do. Uh, so I mean I like that combination the DJ boys I'm gonna call them the DJ boys David Johnson and Duke Johnson that's a nice one too. And David Johnson's only 27 years old. It's not like this is a 31 year old running back or anything like that. He's only 27. He's been healthy the past two years. Um, you know, this year and last year, uh, the year before in 2017, he missed all of it. He played in 2018 and 2019. Let's get it right. He was pedestrian um, <laughs> in 2019. I cannot dispute that, but he was healthy the whole season. He just happened to be in a doghouse. He didn't. He got he he got limited touches. Uh, now the year before, he got his touches, but he didn't hit a thousand. And he played in all but one game. He played in 15 games, had 938 yards and 50 catches. And a year before he got hurt. So um, the the fact that people are going around like, oh, this guy's always hurt. No, he's not. He played a full season the past two years. You know, now it's just snaps. His snaps uh, just went down. His touches went down. I think that'll go back up over here because obviously he's going to be the workhorse. He's going to be the main guy. I mean, he's 230 pounds and Bill O'Brien loves to run the hell out the football. So he's going to get his opportunity to kind of, you know, kind of redeem himself for the past two years and kind of, you know, uh, rekindle some of that magic that he 
that he had in 2016. So, um, and I think, I think, I mean, with this offensive line and with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, I think he has a great opportunity in doing it. Um, so offensively, man, I think this team is okay. I really think this team is okay. I'd say, hey, draft a couple of receivers, draft one for now, you know, to uh, replace Hopkins, and then draft you one who probably will ride the pine this year to, you know, replace Will Fuller. I mean, unless he fuller plays all 16 games and have an incredible year, I'm I'm prepared to kind of lose Will Fuller. I'm prepared to not pay him and let him walk. I'll take my chances with that. Unless he has a monster year and he plays every game or damn near close to it, 14 or 15, and he gives me 85 to 90 catches with, you know, uh, 1,300 yards, something like something silly and freakish like that with 12 touchdowns which is possible because we've seen him, what he had, seven touchdowns in seven games with Deshaun Watson in his rookie year. So we know them two have chemistry, and they can they can hit on some big plays. But we'll see how successful them two will be without, you know, DeAndre Hopkins on the other side drawing a lot of attention. So, um, but no, I think they'll be all right. I do believe they will draft the receiver. Bill O'Brien knows this. I don't think he's this incompetent not to draft the receiver. I don't think he's this stubborn or this egotistical to be like, hey, we don't need a receiver. Hey, we're fine with Kenny Steels and and Will Fuller. I I believe Bill O'Brien knows that he can't trust Will Fuller to play all 16. He can't trust Kiki Kuti. Randall Cobb hasn't played in a full season in four years either. And uh, Kenny Steels is probably your best bet. And he's the guy even last year. What he missed three or four games. He was kind of battling some things last year. Uh, now, he's a little more healthier and stays. He's a little more durable than them guys, but he was in and out the lineup too last year as well himself. So this is the re- uh, receiving core. Yeah, they have a lot of speed, but the one thing about speed players, they get hurt, and they get hurt a lot. And then some of these guys like Kiki Kuti and Will Fuller, they, they're just fragile, small dudes. They get hurt a lot, you know. They're not the the – the most stout players. So, you know, they, they look like when they take a hit, you know, they feel it every single time, uh, especially Kiki. It was a few times he caught some balls and he was just slow getting up. Like you could tell he felt that hit. Like he didn't want to get back up. So, um, but no, I, I definitely think they'll draft a receiver. And then even a tight end group. I just think, you know, I just think Sean Watson's going to have a lot of uh, options, though. I think now he won't have that tunnel vision. He won't be locked on one player. He won't have uh, one guy with 100 catches, next man up 40. I think it'll be more balanced now. You have a decent receiving core. They'll add to it. You have a, the strength of the team offensively is probably the offensive line and the tight ends, believe it or not. Darren Fields. I didn't really think they needed to resign him because I feel like Jordan Thomas is everything Darren, Darren Fells is and younger, 6'6", 260, uh, ran a 4'7". Uh, the, his weakness uh, coming out the draft was the fact that, hey, he hasn't played the position long enough. He's not really how good of a receiver is he. And he's shown us that his rookie year, he, the dude can catch, he can run routes. He what he had five touchdowns all in the red zone. He big boy DBs. He you know he went up there and got it. So he showed you he could be a receiver. You already know he could block. You know why he was in the doghouse all last year. I have no idea. I know he injured himself, but when he came back, it's like he couldn't even get in the rotation, which I don't understand. It's not like this team was like super talented. I mean, you should be able to throw another receiver out there for Deshaun, another weapon for him. So, but I like Jordan Thomas because, like I said, I think he's 
you know, everything Darren Fells is and more younger. I like Jordan Aikens. Uh, he's not really the blocker. The other uh, tight ends are, but he's probably the best receiver out the bunch, the best route runner, the fastest, um, and probably had the best hands. So I like him. Uh, and then Kylie Warren. I don't really know what we have in this guy. They drafted him in the third round last year. This is a guy that's 6'6", 260. Another guy athletic, uh, water polo background, a uh, guy with good hands, ran a 4'6". Uh, when I watch him on tape, I'm super impressed, man. I, I see a guy who could be a big threat for us in the future if Bill O'Brien, whatever he's doing, if he could play these guys. Because um, he looked like, you know, on, on film, he stretches the field. Like, this is a guy that gets vertical, a la Travis Kelsey. Like, he goes ver- vertical, and he can uh, he can go up there and snag him with the best as well. And I love his size. I love his speed. Um, and I, I think tight end group is going to be a pretty impressive group, and, and it's going to uh, it's going to be a group that's going to get a lot of run on this team this year, with um, with Hopkins being going. Now you go to defense. Um, if we're looking at like uh, weaknesses, and this goes back to my point. Okay, what do this team need? Obviously, a receiver. Now, next thing people will say is a pass rusher. I mean, you can't depend on uh, J.J. Watt to stay healthy. I'm I'm betting he will because he seemed like he always he's hurt one year, then he'll play 16 next year, then get hurt, then play another 16. So since he got hurt last year, I'm I'm betting he'll play all 16 this year and be a force. And when he's healthy, Whitney Merciless is better, as we seen like at the beginning of last year. Whitney Merciless was on fire. He was looking like a defensive player of the year. Then when J.J. Watt uh, got hurt, think shit he only had like what three sacks the rest of the way um so uh but i like the combination of whitney merciless and uh jj Watt's pass rushers i know we getting tired of hearing that but basically you've drafted guys in this position and to before i mean you look at the defensive end you have you then you just draft uh charles amenahu last year all american texas 6'6 280 it's time for these guys, and he had a solid, uh, productive uh, year. I think he was fourth among uh, uh, rookies and pressures. Uh, this was a guy that had three, you know, three sacks, twenty tackles. Didn't get a lot of snaps. I think I believe he had what one hundred and eighty some snaps. That's not a lot, um, but I'm expecting uh, growth from him. I'm expecting him to continue to produce and get better and, and progress. And that's what the Texans need. They need these guys that they've drafted over the years to start, you know, start developing, start coming into their own, start being better. Charles Amenahu, he should you shouldn't tell me he shouldn't play on the opposite side of JJ Watt and be a force. Why can't he be? Why can't he be? How about Duke Edge for a guy who tore his Achilles last year? A guy who the year before everybody was raving about. You know, this is another guy, 6'4, 275 pounds, uh running four, five, four, six, has incredible moves. I personally compared him to <laughs> Dwight Freeney, because the dude, I mean, he's a little bit bigger than Freeney, but I mean, the spin moves. He, I mean, he has incre- some incredible moves, some footwork for a big man. Carlos, how about Carlos Watkins? Everybody's crying about DJ Reader. And I know they picked up Tim Jernigan, and that was a solid move, but this is another guy who's been very injury plagued the past two years. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting my money on Carlos Watkins. This is a guy you drafted uh, in a draft, what, three years ago? This is a guy who sat behind DJ Reader, who sat behind uh, other guys uh, previously. And I think this is his time. This was a guy who was a beast at Clemson, All-American. This is a guy who had 10 and a half sacks, a defensive tackle with 10 and a half sacks, 50 tackles his last year in college. 
This is a guy six foot three, three hundred ten pounds. I think can come in here and be a beast, and maybe even upgrade your uh, pass rush. Sky, I think it has a lot of potential that fans are just not sli- or sleeping on. These are all young guys. We're talking about Carlos Watkins, a guy in his third year who just wasn't getting no PT. Now this is his time. This is a guy that's going to have to play. And you want to see these guys continue to grow and be better. It's all on the players. I mean, you can't put it all on Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien ain't going out here and giving these guys, you know, um, telling these guys not to work out and improve their games. It's on the players to improve their games over the offseason and work on their weaknesses, you know, and continue to, you know, build on their strengths and, and, and get better. You know, Carlos Watkins, I want to see him get better. This is a guy who's going to have an opportunity to start, which he did in the previous three years. You know, coming from a winning uh, organization like Clemson, you, you expect this guy, hey, okay, I'm ready. This is my chance. I'm ready to lead this team. You know, I'm following DJ enough for another Clemson guy. Hey, I want to do even better than him. You don't think he has that ego to want to be even better than a read, reader? To prove fans, hey, man, we was all right by letting him go. I got it. You don't think he want to show that? How about Charles Amenehu? How about Duke Edgefor? How about Jacob Martin, who who flashed a lot of potential towards the end of the season last year and even had a big sack in that playoff game against the Bills? So you have guys in this spot who can develop and who can who can fill the void. They just need to come on with it and progress. You have a lot of young talent on this team. I think people are sleeping on this. This team is a little deeper than you may think. You know, and it's up to these guys. It's up to the young players on this team to develop. Alani Johnson, you let J. Joe go. You only have Roby. You have a lot of a lot of uncertainty in that secondary. Now you got what Gary and Connolly, a former first round pick. You have uh, Vernon Hargraves, the eleventh pick in the draft. Um, and of course they signed Jalen Watkins and Eric Murray, uh, but they're booking on Lonnie Johnson to be that guy on the opposite side. I can tell you that he was the second round pick last year. This is a guy that's six foot two, two fifteen, can run big, physical, can run, can play the press man cover, uh, coverage. Can also, you know, he has good hips, can turn and run with the smaller receiver. This is a guy they're banking on, and this is a guy that's gonna have to put in some work to get better. You know, it ain't all on Bill O'Brien. He's he's did what y'all wanted him to do: continue to draft young talent year in and year out. It's up to them to develop now. You know, the coaches can only do so much. It's up to them to kind of, you know, reach their stride themselves. But I'm not I'm I'm very I'm very um optimistic about this team. I don't think they got better. I don't think they got worse. I think they'll be better, um, because I just believe in Deshaun Watson. I believe in his ability to make other guys better. And I think it'll open up the offense. And I think Tim Kelly running this offense. I don't know much about the scheme yet. On my next podcast, I'll definitely um have a little more insight on what he's trying to do. See if I can, you know, find some interviews where he's talking, kinda um, telling us what he, you know, what he's gonna bring to the table and, you know, what different, if anything, he's gonna do. And um but I like to tie. I think the strength of the offense is the offensive line, the tight ends, and I think they'll have a good running game with David Johnson and Duke Johnson. And both of them are versatile. They both can come out the backfield and catch. So Deshaun Watson to have weapons. Trust me, either one of the running backs can catch. So if nobody open, at least he he can either run for the first down or he can dump it off to the uh, running back. You have speed out there, you know. Will Fuller, Kenny Steals, all oh, they both of them four three speed. Kiki Kuti and Randall Cobb, both of them 4-4 speed. You have a you have a solid 
solid group of tight ends. You have four good tight ends. I would like to see the young guys kind of beat out Darren Fields and kind of push Darren Fields to more of the depth guy. You know, if somebody's hurt, he comes in. Uh, what do you see? What thirty four, thirty five now? Um, so, I mean, I believe Jordan Thomas can he can receive and block just like Fields. Uh, I think that's why Fields got a lot of run last year because Thomas was hurt and he was the better blocker out of Aikens and and actually Colin Warren got hurt too. He was the better blocker out of uh, out of Aikens, so you know he started and and got majority of the snaps. But I think with Thomas back now, fully healthy and. I think uh, hopefully he takes over that position, and then you have uh, Akins and and Kali Warren as your receivers, um, receiving tight ends, and uh, so and then like I said, they'll draft one as well. So I mean, I think offensively they're going to be okay. They're they're going to be okay. I think Deshaun won't have that tunnel vision. I think he'll spread the ball around, and I believe Tim Kelly will have a versatile offense better than Bill O'Brien's offense we've seen over the past five six years. So. Um, defensively, I know that, that we still have a lot of question marks as far as like secondary go and, um, you know, another pass rusher. Everybody want to see who's on a defense line. A lot of people are not familiar with Tim Jernicke. He's a solid pro. And when he's healthy, he's, he's pretty good. He's a pretty damn good uh, defensive tackle. But I'm I'm banking my money on Carlos Watkins, the young three-year, uh, you know, the, the, the third-year player. You know, I'm banking on him out of monster season. Like I said, this was a guy you drafted three years ago. Um, from Clemson, a winning or a, a winning program, played with Deshaun, won the title. This is a guy that had 50 tackles and 10 and a half sacks his last year in college as a defensive tackle. This is a guy when I watch him on tape, is a super explosive. He gets incredible push. He has moves. Um, he can move the pile. He stops the run, and he also brings the heat as a pass rusher. Uh, and he just has a high motor, so I think he's going to be very uh, productive. On its uh, on its line in its front seven this year, uh, I think JJ Watt will play a full sixteen games because, like I said, he seems to miss a year, then come back and play sixteen the next year, and then get hurt the following year. So he's due for a full season. And then the other side, I mean, you you you've drafted in this uh, spot for two consecutive years. You need now it's time for these guys to start producing. Duke Edge four and Charles Amenahu. You know, it's time for these guys to produce. And then you still have other pass rushers on your team that outside linebackers like Whitney Merciless, Jacob Martin. Uh, I love McKinney and Cunningham. I love that combination. Cunningham really came into his own as a, as a cover linebacker. And just he was a beast. He's always been a beast in a run game. But I thought his coverage this year got a lot better. Uh, McKinney is not really a cover type uh, a linebacker, but he's a guy who's big, physical. He stops the run. He shoots the gaps. You know, you can do some things with him. I uh, like Justin Reed and Tayshawn Gibson back there at safeties. They could use some depth. I'm not really sold on Eric Murray or Jalen Watkins, uh, uh, you know, filling that void. I would like to see him get Eric Reed, Jay, uh, you know, um, Justin Reed, brother. I would like to see them pick him up. Then I'll be, I'll be a little more, you know, I'll feel a little bit better about the secondary. But I think going into the draft, I mean, I guess you could say like they, they could use another cornerback, a couple of receivers, uh, more depth on the O-line, a guard, uh, and maybe a running back, you know, a running back. And uh, just I can't never hurt, you know. Um, I wouldn't go pass rusher. I would not go pass rusher. I believe in Charles Menehu and um, Duke Edge for forming a great tandem, if not one of them guys just taking it outright. And I think they can get, they'll be able to get pass rush from, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, spots. You know, Whitney Merciless on the edge and, you know, Jacob Martin, Scarlett. You know, I think they'll be able to kind of uh, bring pressure and, you know, from other all other areas as well. So um, 
I think the Houston Texans, man, I think they're going to have a good year. And uh, I just wanted to tell you fans that, man, kind of, you know, um, highlight some players I think can have big years and we need to, you know, step up to the table and progress that are young. And if they do so, man, I believe the Texans have one of the youngest, best teams and they'll still win the division and they'll continue to be, you know, right there, AFC championship game, you know, division around AFC championship game, you know, being in the mix for the Super Bowl. Um, but definitely not a finished product. I still would like to see them make some more moves and uh, continue to better team, uh, better the team. But as of right now, um, I'm okay with what they've done and, and what they have. And I'm just looking forward to the draft. And I think as fans, the best thing we can do right now is just support our team. Support our team. Let's not... Uh, Let's not uh, lose our panties over one player. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is is one player. He's an incredible player. Don't get me wrong, but it's the Houston Texans. It's not the Houston Hopkins. You know, uh, one player don't make a team. They'll be okay. Man. They'll be okay. Let's trust in the process. Trust in uh, what O'Brien is doing. I don't think he's this incompetent. I think he kind of. I think he knows something, and uh, I trust in them to continue to put a competitive team out there. And I believe in DW four. Uh, being an incredible talent, an elite-level player, a guy who's uh, very competitive and has uh, uh, incredible leadership abilities. And I think, you know, uh, he'll make other guys uh, better. And that's what franchise quarterbacks, superstar quarterbacks do. Thank you guys for tuning in to All Things Sports. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Nate Joseph. Have a great day, Houston.